Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. This episode is brought to you by Wendy's. The most important thing you can teach your kid is kindness and empathy. There are many ways to bring these lessons to life, and one way we're super excited about is through Wendy's. Yes, Wendy's, your favorite fast food place, has a big heart and an easy way to get your kids into the giving spirit. Now through the end of December, visit any participating Wendy's to purchase a $2 Frosty key tag. These key tags unlock a free junior Frosty with any Wendy's purchase for an entire year, making great gifts for pretty much everyone in your life. 85% of all proceeds from key tags sold this November and December go to support the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, whose mission is to dramatically increase the number of adoptions of children waiting in foster care. What a deliciously effective way for your kids to make a difference. Well, hey, everybody. Happy soon-to-be Thanksgiving. I mean, can you believe it? We've made it through almost a whole other year in paradise. And we're still doing it. We're still doing it, guys. We're still doing it in so many different ways. That's right. But anyway, we have got a great show for you. A real warm, snuggly feeling. Yes, this is one that's going to give you all the Thanksgiving good vibes, gratitude, all of that. The feels, as the kids say. I don't think the kids say that. Uh, the good vibe? I don't... Yeah, I don't know. We're old. We don't know these things. Anyway. First up, we're talking to Lindsay Redkoski, who is the Wendy's VP of National Marketing. And she's going to tell us all about the efforts that Wendy's, yes, your favorite fast food company, is making for the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption and um, the different initiatives they have, the work that they do. And it really made us feel really good. As a longtime Wendy's consumer, I have to tell you, I feel better about it now. I know. It gave me warm fuzzies. And we're also going to be talking about teaching kids gratitude because tis the season and it's something that we feel is really important to add to the list of all the things a mom should do. And also we're struggling with it, to be completely honest, but we're trying. As always, we have hashtag swag bag. But this week we are doing something called the highs and the lows. Wendy's has reformed us for this gratitude Thanksgiving season. This is an episode that you can listen to with your kids. You don't have to worry about it. We have drunk the Wendy's Frosty and are down with good language. So next up, Ashley, the The highs and the lows. Wow, we said that like crazy people, but I'll go first. I really wanted to focus my highs on gratitude. So we'll end with that. Okay. Okay. My lows are, as you guys heard, I think in last week's episode, there has been some back and forth as to is my son being bullied at school? Is this boy pushing him around? I think I told you guys I brought it to his teacher's attention. I said, I just wanted to know if this is something I should be concerned about. He's in passing telling me that, you know, there's a couple of boys at school who are running into him and pushing him. Then I got a call. And I got a call that the teacher noticed that Sebastian was starting the pushing. Now, I don't know what to make of this. Firstly, I am not one of those parents that's like, no, it's not my kid's fault. I 100% acknowledge the truth of children. Just he's presented it to me because of the way the story keeps changing, because he says this boy is so bad, but he's funny and he's his friend. I don't know if they're just now roughhousing. I don't know if Sebastian's gotten tired of it and was like, well, I'm just going to push you first because, you know, listen, 
listen, I was a bullied kid. A lot of my life, I came home crying from school and it was a continuous issue. I was one of those kids that on Sunday night had like debilitating anxiety and would cry to my mom that I didn't want to go to school. Sunday scaries. Yeah, my son does not have any of that. He loves going to school. He has a good time. And obviously I want to keep it that way. So I'm not seeing those signs that I feel like you would typically see from a child. But now the tables have turned and I just feel like maybe I shouldn't have said anything to his teacher. I don't know. I don't know. But that's where we're at with all of that. The highs are we got a message on our Instagram account the other day. You guys who have been listening for a while have been following this transition my parents have made where they moved from seven blocks away from us to three hours away upstate. And the saga of selling their house And, you know, it was very, very difficult for me to let go of that house. Growing up, we moved at least every four years. You know, that traditional thing you see in movies of like the kid who grew up in the same house. That's the childhood my husband had. I did not have that. My home was filled with love. I was a very loved and cared for child, but I didn't have a house that had like sentimental value until this house. And my parents were there for about 20 years. This was the house my son was born in. We lived in the basement when he was a month old until our house was ready. Um, We've had every kind of party in that house. And that house, it was beautiful and cool and it felt good. I wish I could have been in it before it was sold. I know. We had found letters. It was built in the late 1800s. We had found letters from people who had lived there in the past hidden in floorboards. We had found deposit things. We had found an old salvation army pamphlet for army guys, like army guys, the military. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It had a lot of our love in it and it was hard to let go of it. But we got a message the other day and it turns out because I've had to go and get mail for my parents still at the house. It turns out that the owner of the house listens to Momtourage and listened to Momtourage before all of this. She said, I was trying to figure out where I knew you from and I finally figured out it was from Momtourage. And I was like, oh my God, you listened to the show? It just felt very full circle. It felt like everything that was meant to be happened. It also means that like Sean Paul were worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking of Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide? Pitbull, just like Pitbull. Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. That's us. We're misses. I sent it to Carrie and Carrie literally said, are we bigger than we think we are? Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a crazy coincidence that I really makes me feel really good. But I have to say I am incredibly grateful. One of the things my mom kept saying when they let go of the house or sold the house was we're excited that a new family with kids and everything will fill this beautiful house with so much love. And now it really just was so full circle. And, you know, hi, Nava. And I'm so glad you own it. And thank you for listening to the show and I hope it brings you as much love and happiness as it brought my family and I am emotional and that's all I can say. Oh and I hope it brings you as much happiness as it did when I heard that people listen to us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway that's my long-winded highs and lows. How about you my friend? Um, I'll start with the lows which is I'm in PT for my pinched nerve in my neck and I'm starting to get competitive in PT. Now, I'm being competitive with like mostly elderly people, just so you know. Like the people that are 
at the same time that I'm getting physical therapy are definitely over 65. (laughs) I mean, as somebody else who goes to physical therapy at a different place, I can attest to this. Um, So I just want to tell you that it is ridiculous that I'm getting competitive, but why did Carlos get the good massage chair? Because the one (laughs) massage chair doesn't do the whole body. It just does your legs. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why did Carlos get the good massage chair? Why didn't I get the good massage chair? You go to fancy PT. Mine doesn't have a massage chair. Yeah, while you're getting iced or heated down at the end, they put you in a full body massage chair. (gasps) But the one massage chair doesn't do full body. It's broken. (sighs) And now I'm starting to get competitive. I'm like, what do I got to do to get that good massage chair? Do I have to tip somebody? Um, well, I'll tell you this much. You're not being very grateful right now. I know. I was you should say- be grateful for any massage chair. It's true. <laughs> and also, I don't want Carlos not to have it, but maybe we could just stagger so that we both can have it. So that's my lows that I realized yesterday that I was thinking about. That t- Carlos gets the good massage yeah, chair. Yeah, that today I was like, I got. how am I going to get that good massage chair? And I thought to myself, wow, this is a new low. This is a new kind of low for you. And that's why I decided to call it to attention in this gratitude episode because I'm calling myself out on my own stuff. Good for you. Um, the highs are, today I got a text that was like, hi, are you Luna Mars's mother? And I was like, why, yes, I am. And she's like, I'm Arlo's mom. Arlo can't stop talking about Luna and he keeps asking for a play date. Aww. And I'm like, oh my goodness, because in my mind, nobody likes Luna because Luna is bossy and loud and she... She's just a strong, independent woman. I know, and she keeps telling me that she wishes school was full of adults because everyone there are babies and she can't talk to them because they baby talk. And then I go, well, what do you mean? She goes, goo goo gaga. That's what they sound like. I'm like, oh, great. So we know that she has that one friend, Eva, because we're forcing them to be friends because I'm friends with the parents and they actually do really love each other. And they keep talking about this other girl, Riley, who Eva and Luna also play with. So I was going to reach out to Riley's mom, but then to have someone reach out just separately and say that Arlo wants to play with her. I was like, Luna hasn't even mentioned Arlo. Luna, what about Arlo? She's like, he's pretty good. And I was like, okay, so a play date. This made me happy. I'm like, people are talking about my child in a positive way. Did you ever watch the cartoon Recess? No. Well, it was about like kids in school and like middle school or elementary school or something. And in it was a group called the Ashleys. And it was like multiple girls named Ashley that were the mean girls. They were like, what if Luna and Arlo and Riley (laughs) and Eva are the Ashleys? Well, I already know that both Eva and Luna say that Tor pushes people. Who's Tor? Tor is one of the kids in the class. Oh. Tor evidently pushes chairs down while people are sitting on them. Oh, well, I guess he, she? I think it's a he. I pity the fool that messes with Luna. Because I have to tell you, I'm a 36-year-old woman, and I'm like, I'm not going to mess with her. That's somebody else's problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's mine. It's who it is. But anyway, I'm really just happy about that. So That's really nice. Yes. Oh, Gratitude. Also, guys, we have a phone number. The phone number is 201-677-2428. We would love to hear what you're grateful for. Yeah, we really would. And you know what? Send us some good ones because we'll post them on Instagram if you guys want to. Yeah, we could use more goodness. So please just tell us what you're grateful for. Okay, you guys ready? It's time for us to be annoying. Annoying. It's time for the Momtourage review of the week. How was that voice? Was that annoying? Should I do that every time? No, it was good. It was announcery. Well, just to remind you all, we are going to be reading reviews, old, new, it don't matter, until we hit 1,000 reviews. And so far, this is not working. <laughs> it's only been it's one, one so far. Only one week. We have gotten one? No, 
show. The reason why it's not working is because the episode that we asked for it comes out not yet. See, this is what happens when you record in advance. It hasn't come out that we want to do this yet. Okay, well. (laughs) So get on it, people. Get on it. Start reviewing. Do it while you're listening, just not while you're driving. While you're taking care of housework or you're scrolling Instagram or whatever it is you're doing. You're stopped in the line to pick up your kids or drop off your kids. Yes. Whatever it is at the grocery store. Maybe while you're waiting for your Wendy's order. Yes. While you're waiting for the good massage chair and you're pushing Carlos out of it. Whatever. Just do it because the sooner we do it, the sooner I can stop saying, Mom Taraj review of the week. This is from Messy Wolf. And also, I would like you to read today's in character. All right. What character? Well, Messy Wolf. We know the character is not a woman. Okay. So, and maybe a wolf because they're messy. Maybe a wolf. Okay. So go for it. Okay. See, this is going to add another layer of annoying for you guys now. I'm going to make Carrie do it in an accent, which annoys me and maybe will annoy you too. All right. Ready? Not a mom. I'm not a mom. In fact, I'm not even a woman. And I love this show. Celebrity gossip, hysterically funny stories, and straight talking. I love this show. Messy Messy Wolf, we love you. Hit us up. Send us an email at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Claim your review as Messy Wolf. We'll send you some swag because we love that you love us and we love you. Next full moon. Just send us an email. and uh, Send us a howlogram. Uh, all right, guys. Next up, Lindsay Radkowski. Today's guest is a mom and no big deal, but she just happens to also be the vice president of national marketing for Wendy's. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, she's here to chat with us about gratitude, Wendy's, Frosty Treats, and the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Please welcome Lindsay Radkowski. Hello. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh my God, we're so happy to chat with you. I would be remiss if I didn't start this interview by saying I have a real soft spot for Wendy's that goes way, way back. In fact, Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's and also the founder of Dave Thomas's Foundation for Adoption, gave me my real big first commercial break. I had been auditioning in the city for a long time and I got cast as a background actor for a Wendy's commercial and Dave upgraded me to a full character and then proceeded to cast me in a bunch of Wendy's commercials. After that, he was very loyal. He used a lot of the same people all the time and he made me feel fancy because he flew me first class to Miami to shoot the commercials. He really was just a lovely, charming person. Oh, that's so nice. And you know, also Dave was adopted himself right? And that's one of the reasons why he feels so strongly about... He was. Yeah, he was. Carrie, it's such a small world. I love that story. And it's so true to who he was. Like once he was in on something, he was all in. And Dave was adopted when he was six weeks old. And while he's most known for a lot of his commercials, which I learned recently that you were in some, and also, you know, fresh, never frozen beef, square hamburgers and frosty treats. He really spent the better part of his life advocating for adoption. And he was a huge advocate for children in foster care. So while he was adopted from a young age, it was in 
1992 that he started the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. And still today, Wendy's is dramatically making an impact on increasing the number of adoptions for children who are waiting in foster care. While I wasn't discovered by Dave Thomas, I come from a father who loves, loves, loves Wendy's. And like his fun fact about Wendy's was, did you know that Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, was adopted? And I was always like, all right, that's great. And now this is a very full circle moment where it's not only like, hey, this is a fun anecdote. It is something that's really impactful in the world. And he's like made a lot of change and difference. So in what ways does Wendy's support adoption and the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption? Yeah, so at Wendy's, we have a number of programs. Um, A lot of them take place in our restaurants. So as your dad uh, frequented and still hopefully still frequents Wendy's. Oh, very much so. We all do. (laughs) Love that. You know, he and you guys have seen these programs, but um, we, this time of year, call our programs Wendy's Season of Giving. And what we love about it is that these programs allow our customers, our restaurant team members, and folks like me who work for the brand to get involved in giving back, which is one of Wendy's core values. Um, It starts with programs, the Season of Giving, like our annual Boo Book. So it's a thing in my family, we give out Boo books for trick-or-treat to all the kids that come around. It's a little booklet of five free Junior Frosty coupons, and they're only a dollar. You know, they're super cute, ability to hand out to soccer teams or trick-or-treat, and they're only a dollar. We also have programs with Coke and Dr. Pepper, who are our main beverage partners, where for the month of November, which is National Adoption Month, they donate $5 for every person that buys a beverage at Wendy's. So it's a really cool way to like, just by doing something you do anyway, you can help give back. And then our Hallmark program, this is our Frosty Key Tag. So I know most people are listening, can't see it necessarily, but this little tag right here, you put on your keychain and for just $2 and those $2 go directly to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. It's your pass to unlimited Junior Frosties for a year. So 365 days of Frosty Treats. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give a big reveal here in saying that I myself have never had a Frosty. Oh my God. You're going to fix that. Let me just tell you something. My partner... When he heard about this, he was like, this is the best part of Momtourage I've ever experienced. He's like, I am so excited, one, to teach you the ways of the Frosty, but two, that Momtourage has given me now Frosties. He's like, this is peak partner of Momtourage moment. I come from a family where we were poor. We didn't have a beverage. You had water. And the rest of it was, I'm obsessed with a baked potato. I'm obsessed with a square hamburger. But as a money saver, as a single mom, we were not allowed to get a beverage. I got to chime in here because anybody who's a longtime listener of the show knows my obscene love of fast food. Love it so much. And I married a man who thankfully loves it as much as I do. And we buy the Boo Bucks every year, not to give out though, to keep for herself. Um, he is also very, just so excited about this whole thing. And I feel like the key tags are going to be great Hanukkah gifts for everyone in the family. Yeah, they're perfect. They're like little seasonally, this um, frosty guy that we give him this name, Nerdle. Nerdle 
Turtle's a little hook on the top of the Frosty. He's skiing. There's snow in the background of this little tag. And it's just great because as a mom or talking to your husband or anybody, but especially with the kids, it creates an easy way to have a conversation that might otherwise be a little hard to get into. And it allows you, you know, to talk about giving back and adoption and why does adoption exist and kids that are in foster care. So we really were so passionate about Wendy's because it's a very forward way to live our values and bring Dave's passion for kids in foster care forward. My daughter is in preschool, pre-preschool. I don't even know. She's three. So whatever school that is. Pre-K three. Pre-K three. Thank you. They didn't have that when I was kids. It was just either. Anyway. No, they didn't. And this month they're talking about gratitude and giving. And on the way here to my mom's house yesterday, I talked about what we're doing for Wendy's and mommy's job. And it was like a great way to talk about something she understands, which is food, which she understands very well and introducing a topic that might be hard to broach, which is some kids don't have forever family yet. And I talked about, well, we're going to go to Wendy's together and we're going to do this. And obviously I'm going to video us both having our first Frosties and send it to you and put it on the internet. But it was just really a nice conversation that was easily attainable, even for a three-year-old to talk about. Yeah, Carrie, I love that story. And it's so true. I've had that happen in my own home where I sat with my son, who's in kindergarten. He was in pre-K at the time, we watched an annual fundraising event for Wendy's and it allowed me to explain adoption to him. And now he thinks I work for Dave Thomas, which I do. He's always like, mom works for Dave Thomas. And he refers to Dave as the guy that saves the kids. And I think that's so cool. But it, it is, it's those like, small moments that you don't expect to be able to shape your child that can come up really naturally. And we just love that something like a $2 key tag can create that conversation for families. Well, it's only $2 for you, but then it incrementally with everybody doing it, it makes a huge difference. And it's one of those things where we often feel overwhelmed. Like I can't save everybody. How am I going to do it? Well, here is an actual way that you can, and that all of us together can make a huge impact, you know? And it's so little, it's not a huge financial ask. It's, it's such a little thing that you can do to impact that. There's a bunch of ways that we support adoption, but really the way that we talk about and publicize the most is what we do in our restaurants because it's available and accessible to so many people. And we call that Wendy's season of giving. It starts in September when we sell Boo Books, which are a book of five free Junior Frosty coupons for a dollar. You buy that book for a dollar in our restaurants. With the Rykowski house, we hand those out as our trick-or-treat. So to all the kids... Lucky kids! Yeah! You can either get, you know, Skittles or Tootsie Rolls or five free Junior Frosties. So we hand those out right after Boo Books. We go into a promotion with Dr. Pepper and Coca-Cola, who are our big beverage partners, obviously at Wendy's. And the way that program works is there's an offer in the Wendy's app for a free beverage. And anytime a customer redeems that offer in the month of November, Coke and Dr. Pepper donate $5 to the Dave Thomas Foundation foundation for adoption. So it's a really cool win-win. And November is National Adoption Month. So in a time period where we're already in a mindset of gratitude and giving, we get to give and help consumers give by behavior they're usually already doing at Wendy's. You know, it's so interesting because I think a lot of people feel very overwhelmed. There's so many causes in this world right now that need our monetary, our attention, help, all of that help that we can sometimes do nothing. And what I love about this is it's 
such a small ask. It's not a lot of money. It's not a huge give for a lot of people. Yet if all of us do it together, it makes a major impact on foster kids. Yeah, Kira, you're absolutely right. The amazing thing about Wendy's is with our scale and with the number of customers that come to us, each of us doing something small adds up to be something really big. And in this case, a really big positive impact on children in foster care. So with the Frosty Key Tag promotion, it's like $2, but because of the number of people who have given and gotten involved with that program in the last 10 years, Frosty Key Tags alone have raised over $40 million for the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, which goes directly to helping kids that are in foster care. That's so much money for, you know, really when you have to contribute so little yourself. And it really is. Like Carrie said, I mean, one of the things we focus on all the time is how to give back, how to make an impact in the world between how we raise our kids and, you know, what we support and what we talk about. And to know that there's something that you can just do such a little thing and so many different offers and so many different ways to make a little contribution for a big impact. You know, ever since I became a mom, I mean, I've always been an empathetic person, but ever since I became a mom, any kind of children's issue, and this is how most moms are, just really hit different. There are children out there who have not found their family that they can settle in with, it makes it even more pressing now that I'm a mom that this is an issue that I would love to give my time and my money to. I love that. Question. So tell me a little bit more about exactly what the Dave Thomas Foundation does. I'm just really interested in all the different ways that I can get involved and exactly what it does. Yeah, Carrie, you just mentioned issues or opportunities that involve kids hit differently when you're a mom. And the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, their mission does that for me. Because you hear it on the surface and um, you think general adoption, which is a great cause specifically for the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. They focus on kids that often get overlooked from the system. So you could use the word like unadoptable or have aged out of adoption. And when I mention aging out, um, that means that if children are still in foster care when they turn 18, they don't have the chance to be adopted, which means they don't have the emotional, financial support and safety net of a forever family. These wonderful recruiters focus on finding them the right family, which requires a smaller caseload to be able to focus, really have the right conversations along the way and find the right match. That's often sibling groups. It could be kids with disabilities, but often kids who are about to age out of the system. And to think again, that like our small acts through Wendy's can help these kids find their forever families is just truly remarkable. And we've been able through the DTFA, it's almost 30 years now, the Wendy's family. So that includes customers, our franchisees, our suppliers. We've been able to help more than 10,000 children get adopted. And if you think about, like I just described, this specific group of children we're helping, it's truly amazing. And that's 10,000 kids in the U.S. and Canada. So really like a broad impact. It's not just in the area where Wendy's was founded or just where Dave Thomas lived. And to put it in perspective is we all, you know, it's the week of Thanksgiving. So as we're all thinking about our families and sitting around the table, right now there are 120,000 children in the U.S in foster care 
waiting to get adopted. And just last year, 2020 was a crazy year for all of us. But in 2020, 20,000 kids aged out of foster care. Like that's just the very specific mission that the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is focused on. And it feels heavy when we talk about Frosties and Fries, but it shows this amazing ability to be able to have an impact by just doing small actions because everything adds up. Well, while we're talking about that, with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, for us, gratitude is top of mind, particularly for parents who constantly struggle with this looming question that I know Carrie and I always have, which is how to instill the value of kindness in our kids. Hearing about the work of the DTFA, it sounds like there's this really great opportunity for parents to get kids involved and teach them a valuable lesson about giving. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, you know, as as parents, especially today, and I think about even my kids, I'm in their classroom. It's not at all now. My daughter started kindergarten. I got to volunteer for certain parties. And it's just, for some reason, being in the schools can make it a little bit easier to say, I saw that happen. And here's a lesson on kindness. And being in arm's distance from our kids now makes that hard. I think it's being willing in kind of the small, unexpected moments to turn those into lessons for your kids because we're all so busy. It's not like we have, you know, Sunday night kindness lesson time (laughs) that we can dedicate or build that in in a way that feels like, I guess, intentional or a plan. So it's more about these small moments that can turn into lessons. And that's why we see part of our purpose at Wendy's is to help families create those moments. We know families are busy and they're on the go. So in a way that is a bit seamless in your life, Typically, you're in your car when you're eating Wendy's or coming through a Wendy's. And it could be a conversation topic just on the way home. And two and three minute conversations on kindness definitely add up. I love that. I feel like Carrie and I, and you know, I can only really speak for us, but when an opportunity presents itself with our children to teach them about kindness, empathy, tolerance, patience, any of these necessary skills in their life, we take that opportunity. And I liked what Carrie said earlier about using the frosty thing to talk to Luna about it because all of this preparation to talk to you guys made me really crave Wendy's. So I ordered Wendy's and I had it delivered. And I like did my taco salad, which by the way, my mother credits losing like 40 pounds of baby weight to eating the taco salad every day. I don't know if you guys want to use that in your marketing promotion, but that is true. My son Sebastian was asking me why I wanted Wendy so badly. And I started telling him, oh, mommy's working on this thing and they do this promotion. And I started telling him all about it. And you know, he's four. This was the first time he even realized that there are children who don't have a forever family, that this is an opportunity to practice more kindness, to think about things as somebody else. So I appreciate any opportunity to talk to my kid and instill these values, especially an opportunity where I'm not screaming at him and telling him to go away. (laughs) And then you can be like, and here's a delicious Frosty. And also here's a Frosty, go away now. We're done talking about feelings. Here's my lesson about kindness. Please leave me alone. (laughs) Right, exactly. Be kind to me and now let me have this hamburger in peace, please. Thank you. Thank you, bye-bye. Yeah, so the holiday season is like on us. It's here. And we know that this is on every mom's mind, how busy, 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 
busy this time is. Any advice for our listeners out there on how to juggle the day-to-day responsibilities on top of all the extra weight and pressure that comes with this most wonderful time of year? The wonderful, most busy time of year. A family vacation to Disney, and it lasts all month long. It's like the expectations are this high. What a perfect comparison, actually. And so are the tension. Uh, the tensions, yeah. So is the cash that's going out of your wallet. Right. You know, I wish I could say I had it all figured out. I mean, I think for me, it's like we're all so busy all the time now that the holidays just take it to the next level. And there are wonderful family moments to connect, but it's all about choosing which ones matter the most for you. I was scanning my calendar for the month of December, like between the personal things, the work things, the school things, you cannot do it all. So for me, it's about picking the ones that matter the most to you and your family, realizing you're not going to be able to do it all and not feeling guilty about that. Like let that go because the ones that you do pick, you got to be all in or you're doing a disservice to the people you're with and to yourself. So one of the things I've learned, I feel like as things started to kind of get a little more normal coming out of COVID and lockdowns is the power of saying no. I've never really done that much in my life. And I learned not just to say no, but say no with context. So if I'm saying no to a work thing, I want them to know it's because I'm coaching my son's soccer team. And I think that helps people understand that we're all multidimensional people with lots going on. So that's just some of the things I think about the busyness of the season. Because if we're not careful, we'll look up and it'll be January 1st. We're like, oh, crap. (laughs) You know, what happened last month? And it just shouldn't be that way. Carrie and I love boundaries. Yes, we do. We love saying no and I love having boundaries. But I just want to say mom to mom. And guys, you can't see this because this is a podcast. You obviously are just killing the mom game because one, you're wearing a beige sweater that has no stains on it. So that's the first thing. At least from what I see. Hair and makeup's done. Because I would have definitely have a coffee stain on there. And then your walls have no marker or anything on them. So I'm just saying like, I'm taking any advice that you give because from what I'm seeing, which I know is not the whole picture, you got it down. I appreciate that. So on that note of putting the clutter out of sight, you've got two children, you've got... Do you have a a partner? I am married. His name's Brad. You have a husband, a serious career, a house to run. Do you have it all? And do you think any woman can truly have it all? This is a tough question. It's like philosophy on life right here. It's tricky. For me, I think the answer is yes and no. Um, Can you have it all? Yes, you can. It's completely dependent on your definition of all. And I'm doing air quotes, which people can't see, but... We could hear it in your voice. We could hear the quotes. You know, Ashley, your definition of all might not be my definition of all. And it kind of gets back to that thing of you guys talk about boundaries a lot, but just picking and choosing. And then for me, it's constantly reframing my mind to a place of positivity, gratitude, and blessings. And if I try to look at life through that lens, I absolutely have it all. Like I have a roof over my head. My family's right now healthy and happy. Um, We do have food on the table. I do have an amazing job. It's so easy to focus on the things we don't have when you think about like, can you have it all? And that's a sometimes daily or weekly reframing of perspective perspective because it's not like you have it all and you're like, and I'm good for the next 30 years. Like, this is it. It's a tricky question. It it is. And there's no right or wrong answer to it. It's such a based on your perspective kind of thing, because there are certainly times where listening to you speak and answering the way you did, I'm like, wow, really valid point. And then other times I'm like, no, I don't think it is possible to have it all. Or you can have it all, but maybe you don't have it all perfectly done and everything is chaos and a mess and you're back 
back is messed up and you can't get out of bed like a normal person. You know, it really is just so dependent. I like to say you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Someone told me recently that life, she uses the word seasons, you know, the whole like work, work-life work balance. It's like, what's balance? Like teeter-totter, 50-50, no. Um, and she thinks, Carrie, like you were saying, you can't have it all at the same time. She thinks about her life in seasons. It's like there may be seasons where personal family dynamics win over work a little bit more or seasons where work wins. And for me, that just helped me with the idea of like, give myself and others a little bit of grace because you never know what season somebody else is in unless you know them, you know, really well and you're walking through life together. But um, that mentality helps too. I need to know for my first Frosty experience and indoctrinating my child into the Frosty experience, do you dip your fries in a Frosty or do you not? To dip or to not dip? So Carrie, I'll give you my answer for what I do. And then you got to make the call for yourself, girl, on your first occasion. So I'll let you know. Yes. Um, I always dip my fries, but in ketchup. <laughs> I am a purist that way. And then I save my Frosty for after the meal because I love when the Frosty gets a little bit melty on the edges and then still. And you can actually drink it with a straw as opposed to a spoon. It's like this in-between ice cream and milkshake delicious treat uh, but there are people who are religious about dipping fries and frosty and we have a brand new fry at wendy's right now that's like crispier <gasps> uh, has this little coating on it it's so delicious so the, the combination of that crispy fry and the cool frosty and the sweet and salty, some people would say I'm crazy for not dipping. So to dip or not to dip is your call and you should probably try it both ways. If I may, my friend, Wendy's makes a delicious ranch, a delicious ranch. And if you are a part of the ranch grouping like I am, that's what Matt and I call it because I'm always like, I want ranch for my pizza. I want ranch for this. Their ranch is A+, plus and get the ranch. Don't dip in your Frosty. You are a fast food connoisseur. I, I'm telling you, I know my fast food business, and Wendy's is a big one. She could have a side podcast that's just reality television and fast food. Truly. 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 All by myself, I don't even need a co-host. I could just go on and tell you what kind of combinations, when you should watch Real Housewives with which fast food and which, you know, franchise. I'm filled with useless knowledge. Also, I know you guys don't need my help. But maybe to make some extra cash for Wendy's, you guys should bottle the ranch and sell it. Just saying. I mean, you know. Yes. If it's good, right? It is really good. All right. We ask all of our moms this. What is the number one thing that you think every mom should outsource if she has the means to do so? If you have the means to do so, for me, the answer is easy. It's cleaning. Amen. Laundry, lots of other things we do on our own around here, but cleaning is the one. It puts a huge smile on my face when I come home and that team's been here. So. Yes, the best. That's a popular answer for so many reasons when we ask that. So, you know, it's just like, you can't do it all. So, you know, let's outsource some things if you can. You got to pick and choose. Well, thank you so, so, so much for chatting with us today. I knew Dave Thomas was a gem of a human, and now I know even more deeply all the nuances of how his legacy continues after his death. Can you go ahead and plug the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption and Frosty Key Tags one last time so that we have all the information in one place? Yes, I would be happy to. So at Wendy's, this is the season of giving, and our season of giving is all about supporting the Dave Thomas 
Foundation for Adoption, whose main mission and purpose is to help get kids out of foster care into forever families. And at Wendy's, we make it really easy for individuals and families to be a part of that giving back mission through programs like the Frosty Key Tag, where for just $2, you can have access to Junior Frosties with every one of your Wendy's visits, in this case, the year of 2022. So Carrie and Ashley, thank you so much for having Wendy's on your show. Like I said, your gift cards and key tags are a little late, but hopefully we can help you, Ashley, with all those cravings that I now know are such a big part of your life, which is great to know. You both have Wendy's stories. And listen, if you ever need somebody to create some web videos for you on how to like mix and match items from the menu and that perfectly complement each other and what trash TV they should watch with it. I am your girl. <laughs> I know Dave Thomas didn't pick me, but I am still your girl because I just have an innate ability to eat Wendy's. And with this face obviously made for commercials, I will shoot you personally, guys, the, and the Wendy's team, me and my daughter experiencing the Frosties together with our key tag. I'll send you that little video. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us be a part of uh, such an awesome campaign and, you know, affecting change in some way. We always love that. Yeah, well, it was a true pleasure to meet you guys. All right, next up, I don't know if you guys have faced the same difficulties we face in teaching our children gratitude, but if you do, this is the segment for you. We went through two different articles, one from Fatherly and one from The Every Mom. Both are linked in our show notes on different ways to teach your kids to be grateful. And they both kind of take different approaches. I've combined some of them into the same points because they are the same points, but it definitely shed some light on for me when I was reading things. And it's also like, very like, duh, kind of stuff, you know, very logical. But it's doable. Yes. So the first thing that they want to reinforce is that practicing gratitude sets kids up to be more sensitive and empathetic to the plight of others, as well as less demanding and entitled overall. And many experts also say that being grateful leads to increased overall happiness, which I have to say makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And that goes for adults too, by the way. Yes. Babies as young as 18 months can begin to understand that they are taken care of by others and that others do things to make them happy. A foundational concept for learning appreciation. And by two years old, toddlers can start to articulate things that they are thankful for, like mommy and daddy or their favorite toys or pets. And by age four, their tiny little brains can start to understand that gratitude can encompass not only things and people, but also acts of kindness and love. I'm going to pause there just for a second to say that I started pretty early at night before we go to bed saying what we're grateful for. And what started out as silly things that she used to say she was grateful for, she said the same two funny things for the longest time, airplanes and then some categorical funny things. And recently she started listing real things. She still likes to say the two things she said because we laugh and it's like an old tradition. Right. But like last night she said she was grateful for Beckett, our dog. And then she said one time she was grateful for Seba. Like now she's saying like real things. And so I love that I started early and I'm glad that I didn't stop when she started saying the same things. I started to lose hope that she really knew what she was talking about, but she did. Well, if I may, I am grateful that my son does not want me to be the one to put him to sleep. He 
wants his father. And hashtag grateful. Yeah. So now I need to teach his father that this is something we need to start doing. But first one, and again, common sense, but probably didn't think of it, model gratitude out loud. Obviously, our kids learn the most by what we do and say, and they learn just as much from what we don't do or say. So if you're not actively practicing outward appreciation and gratitude in a way that's accessible and descriptive, there's a good chance that's going to be a harder concept for your children to learn. They also think that you should take time to pause in small moments, which this is something I do for myself, and now I need to practice sharing this with Sebastian. But say out loud what comes to your heart and your head. It can be something small like, wow, the trees are beautiful with the different colored leaves or nature is so stunning, and I love sharing these moments with you. Or you can take a brief moment when you're in line at the checkout counter. This is the one I really like. Look at this full grocery cart with all of this delicious and healthy food. We are so fortunate to be able to bring this home to our family. And that food one, because we live in an area where food insecurity is certainly an issue for a lot of people. So I really try to establish with Sebastian that we're very lucky that that is not something we need to worry about. And, you know, we need to express that gratitude. Next, talk about it. So the Raising Grateful Children Project at UNC Chapel Hill notes that gratitude has four parts, but that parents rarely teach all of the parts. And they offer the notice, think, feel, do model. Notice, think, feel, do. So what do we notice in our lives for what we can be grateful for? right? How do we think about why we have been given those things? How do we feel about the things we've been given? And what do we do to express appreciation in return? And by prompting questions surrounding these notions in conversation with your children as they go through life, experience things, and receive various gifts, you can help increase their emotional and mental capacity for appreciation and gratitude. So for instance, you would say, wow, look at all this beautiful food and groceries in our cart that we're so lucky to have this beautiful food. And how do we think about that? I think that it's amazing that this food will give nutrition to our bodies and that we can provide this for ourselves. How do we feel? I feel grateful and happy to do this. What do we do to express? We're going to make this food and maybe we can make something and give it to our neighbor. Or maybe on the way out, we can donate a can to the food bank or try to connect all these things together so the kid has a full picture of how gratitude works in real life. Yeah. Next up is parents should show gratitude to their children, which is basically saying thank you to your children. Firstly, I do this. And I just thought this was general common decency. (laughs) But apparently saying thank you to your children implies that they had a choice in doing something. And we all know the way to teach children is sometimes through a little manipulation. I know that's not the most grateful way to present it, but it is the truth. For example, my back has been out. I have had a lot of issues being mobile. And Sebastian has been helping me load the dishwasher. And he's like very excited about it. He does things like getting me a paper towel when I'm already seated so that I don't have to get up again. And every time I go, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And that's where, oh, I appreciate that has come from with my kid, which is the cutest thing in the world. Cultural traditions teach children gratitude. So children often view holidays like as times of receiving when parents are able to give a child the real meaning of a holiday celebrating togetherness 
kindness, peace, charity, forgiveness, there is far less emphasis on receiving. So like, let's teach the real meaning of these holidays. Of Christmas uh, or Hanukkah. or whatever. It's about celebrating another year of life and all the people that support you in that year of your life or in your life. If a kid understands the important part of Thanksgiving, and that is to be with the family, then they will likely be less likely to look for gifts when grandma rolls in, knowing the best gift is just the fact that grandma is there to spend time with them. Exactly. Next up is there's nothing wrong with kids faking thankfulness. And this was specifically in the fatherly article and not in the every mom one. But I think this is very valid personally. It might take a while before kids really develop a strong sense of gratitude. They can fake it. That is okay. In fact, in a lot of instances, we all have to fake our gratitude, right? So parents will be doing their kids a solid by coaching them how to show gratitude even if they don't feel it. When they see the happiness from grandma, from their simple act of being thankful, it's reinforced. So ultimately, faking the gratitude could easily turn into actual gratitude. And I think that's such a solid thing Because, for example, you know, we all have to do things in life that are not our top choice, exciting things. That's like a mother's number one thing. She does a lot of things that are just not her not (laughs) favorite thing. Exactly. Moms do it every single day, every moment of their day. And that doesn't have to mean that saying thank you is any more... um, Less impactful. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to tell you, you know, when I have done things for somebody that I don't want to do, but I know it helps them out. And a simple thank you, it's like, okay, I'm happy I did that. I'm happy I got to help somebody out. And there's no reason why that same lesson can't apply to our children. And then donate with your children. So children learn gratitude in charitable families. In seeing this gratitude, they're able to build emotional intelligence and empathy and show better gratitude themselves. So make a point to donate grown out clothes, gently used toys. Those are really simple ways to make a big difference. And you can help your kids go through their things and put aside something that might make another child happy or that another child could use. Not only will this help clear the clutter, but it also begins to instill a sense of generosity and a separation of happiness and things. It allows them to experience letting go and giving at the same time. And if your children are older, maybe talk them through the process of choosing a place to donate or give the stuff to. You can discuss the joy the other kids will get in using the new to them items as a way to encourage connectivity and empathy. I also, like if you live in a city like Ashley, and I do. COVID's been a little bit different, obviously, but I try to make a point of when I'm out with Luna, if I'm giving money to someone on the street, which I do often, to say it doesn't matter how they spend it. It's in the giving. They can, you know, like just to give mommy's giving this because that person doesn't have enough and it's okay. You just give from your heart. I try to make a point of doing it in front of her. And I have to say, I got the greatest tip from somebody when Sebastian was a little baby because he kept getting toys and it was just like overrun with toys and everything. And they said, every holiday and every birthday, you go through things, you throw out the things that are broken and can't be fixed and you donate stuff that no longer is of use to them. So every Christmas or Hanukkah season, every birthday, Sebastian and I go through his toys. We pick through things, we realize what he no longer wants, and they all go to different things. You know, like some things we just gave away or donated a bunch of books that he's kind of grown out of to his school. We'll give things to charities around us, which like you said, now that it's COVID, it's a little difficult. Not everyone is taking used toys, but there are ways 
to do that. And if you have the conversation, even at a young age, about just because it's no longer of use to you doesn't mean that somebody else won't enjoy this, they get it. They start to understand it. And I have to tell you, my son really doesn't give me that hard of a time about giving away toys he no longer has use for. And especially even local buy nothing groups, that's one way. We've had that so many times where I've started doing the same thing with Luna and I say to her, you know, there's kids out there that don't have as many toys as you have and wouldn't it be nice if this younger kid, this baby thing you don't need anymore. And so now Luna on her own will even say, I think there might be a better kid that has this. And then the buy nothing, I've even heard from times that we've done this, like a mom who's recently divorced who doesn't have a whole lot of money and she had to decorate her kids' rooms because she had to move out of her husband's house. And she's like, this will make my now empty kids' room like attractive for them to stay. And it means a lot. And so, you know, there's all different ways to give. But even doing something like when you go to Wendy's and you buy your frosty key tag, we, because we worked with Wendy's on this, we were both sent these frosty key tags, which we are so grateful for. But it's a great opportunity to sit there and say, well, look, we get this little benefit of getting frosty all year long by just donating $2 to kids that age out of the foster care system and explaining all that. And I did that even when we opened our package from them and just said, isn't that nice? This goes towards the Dave Thomas Foundation and explain that. And, you know, I think he's a little young to fully understand, but I think the more you talk to your child about these things, the easier it becomes for them to grasp it. They can understand certain concepts at different ages, and there's always a way to introduce it in a good way at any age. We've already established I have no idea how to talk to children. And that, <laughs> that goes to my own. Um, and the last tip that they have is make gratitude part of your day every day. And I mean, if this doesn't apply to full-grown adults as well, I don't know what does. And this goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of this segment with putting her to sleep at night and taking turns talking about what you're grateful for. This suggests that you take turns expressing things at the dinner table or the time before bed and you make it a regular practice. If you do this daily, it's going to help your child get into the routine to practice thinking about gratitude throughout their day as they get closer to the time when it's their turn to say their piece. You can also do something which is called a gratitude tree or jar or collage. And it's basically each day, each person writes one thing that they're grateful for on a leaf for the tree or a note for the jar or a picture for the collage. And the best thing about this is being able to really talk about it. It starts a conversation amongst the family and people get to hear in your family what's important and meaningful in the heart of your children. And as the leaves and notes begin to add up, you get this really powerful visual of all the wonderful things there are to be grateful for. So, you know, teaching your kids gratitude can seem like quite the task, but these seem like very tangible and pretty easy to implement. And then something I would just like to add is that one, it's very interesting to hear what your kid is grateful for. Like it, it is, is truly a window into their heart and mind. And it's really made me connect with my child in a different kind of way. And two, you get something out of it too, because you feel better when you're focusing on gratitude too. So it's not just for your child, it's also for you. And there's all these studies about how your quality of life is just so much improved when you live in a place of gratitude right. and you come from a place of gratitude. And it makes perfect sense. So why not? I wish this was a habit I had had as a child, because of course, any habit you have as a child makes it easier to continue to do it throughout your life. Um, so you're really just doing your kid a solid. Hashtag swag bag. Today for hashtag swag bag, it's our segment that's all about what 
made our life in parenting and just in general easier this week. But because this episode is all about gratitude, we wanted to take this opportunity to say what we're grateful for because, I mean, I guess we did kind of do that in the highs and the lows, but this is more of a a high note to end the show on. What do you think, Care? I think that's a great idea. I can go first. Okay. I'm extremely grateful for the support of both you and other moms that I know. As we've talked about, Ashley and I were a little bit reluctant moms in different ways. And I didn't really realize the community that being a mom is about. And that regardless of where you are in the world, what language you speak, what age you are, when you see another mother, you have a kind of deep understanding of that person. And for the most part, that is really hardcore. And whether I was at an airport recently and I was struggling with stuff and another mother saw and like offered to help me without really saying anything because it's just this beautiful community. And not to sound sappy about it, because I'm usually not into group activity, guys. That's not my strong point. I'm kind of, (laughs) just like messy wolf, I might be a lone wolf, but I have to... I have to say that uh, I was surprised. I didn't quite realize. And that was really surprising to me. And I'm very, very grateful for that. That was really nice. That was beautiful. Um, Aside from the obvious of me being grateful for my family and Carrie and, you know, all the people that mean so much and our health and all of that. I am very grateful, and I am going to speak for Carrie here because I know she is as well, to all of you who listen to our show because we're just two women working through motherhood and trying to continue to be the women we were before we were moms, working towards a dream, working towards a goal, and you guys listening means more to us than I think you really understand. Oh my God, now I'm going to start crying. I know, but it's the truth. So to all of you out there, we are grateful. It sometimes gives us a reason to get up in the morning, guys. It really does. There are a lot of days where we're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like tired. This is all annoying. And you guys really, if we didn't have you, we could have keep doing the show. It would just be a total waste of our time because you're just talking to the wall, which we're kind of doing anyway, but you know. And also thanks to Cafe Mom and Wild Sky. This has been a really beautiful partnership and we're really excited for where it's going in the future. We're just really grateful that we have a beautiful support system. And we just want you guys to know that We are incredibly lucky to pursue our dreams. And I don't think that that's isolated to just us. Everybody out there can do that. And this is just the way that we do it. So the fact that you guys support us means a lot. So happy Thanksgiving. We love you so much. We say it all the time. We really do. Get those frosty key tags. Help support other children while also having a delicious experience. And eat lots of turkey. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast. Written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. 